In the not too distant future 2016 AD There was a weirdo guy named Jack Not too different from you or me He sat around his armbar store Just acting nerdy and being poor He did it all with a cheerful face So they gave him a show and they shipped him to LA I'll watch all the wrestling The best I can find Then I'll interview my guests And try to pick their minds Now no one knows what era Jack will talk about today But he'll probably talk about the guys That helped to pave the way Legends Roll Call Ric Flair Roddy Piper Randy Savage Dusty Rhodes You might not agree on favorites Or other so-called facts Remind yourself it's all for fun So pipe down and sit back For Captain Jack's Armbar Emporium Hello and welcome back to the podcast of Power with the Man of the Hour Too Sweet to be sour, yes, this is Captain Jack Heartless, and this is another episode of Captain Jack's Armbar Emporium on the Steel Cage Network. Um, on very short notice, uh, this is a very special occasion. Um, for those of you ha- who have stuck around for a while, and if you have, thank you so much, all the way back on episode 46 of this podcast in January of 2018, we had what I feel is the best episode of the show to date. And I know a lot of you have reached out and said the same. Luckily, um, after a little bit of a schedule tag and whatnot, with of my guest being infinitely busier than I could ever hope to be, <laughs> we have finally made the sequel happen. So here on episode 94, without further ado, the former 0-1 World Heavyweight Champion, the former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, and the current... Defy and PCW Ultra Tag Team Champion Joseph Samael is back. Jackson, <laughs> that's a hell of an intro, man. I mean, you you deserve the best. I have told you this. Your episode was the Cadillac of episodes. Well, thank you very much. And it's funny because on that episode we didn't know each other, and now now we're good friends. And I'm I'm very honored to hear you say that. You know, well, um, uh, it's my it's my it's my honor and my privilege, my friend. So thank you so much, um, especially from coming from such, quite frankly, a violent man. I'm glad <laughs> that you're my friend. I'm glad I've never given you occasion to use the spike on me. I'm, I'm glad that you've never given me an up close and personal with the fireball. But oh, we're still early yeah. on in this in this friendship. So <laughs> let's. <laughs> That's very true. Um, Before we get into any more of the fun stuff, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, send a special shout out to the friends and family of Handsome Harley Race, who, as we recorded this, passed away at the age of 75 uh, today. Um, The only man to date that has put the fear of God in me with just a whisper. Oh, that's nice. Thank you for saying that. Me and uh, me and my wife just did a shot to Harley. So we're we're over here just celebrating him and. And just it's uh, 
it was a wonderful life and a wonderful contribution he made to our business and uh, he paved the way for all of us and if it wasn't for him guys like me wouldn't have been able to do this for a living and we just have the utmost respect for Harley Race he was the world champion when I first saw wrestling and he'll always be the world champion to me uh, rest in peace Harley Race and, and, and condolences to all of his friends and families and all of his fans all over the world uh, he'll, they truly broke the mold and there'll never be another like him he was the greatest wrestler on God's green earth now um, that kind of leads me into something because you um, you operated a lot in one of his big um, areas down in Florida did you ever have the chance to uh, see him live so when I first uh, saw wrestling uh, Harley Race was the world heavyweight champion, and like I said, and I and I saw him live many times in his prime. Um, it, it was an honor uh, to see him. He'll always be my world champion. He was the first world champion I ever. When I didn't know what it even was, he was the world heavyweight champion. Um, I, I've I got to meet him on on a few different occasions. Um, and I'm not somebody that gets starstruck or I'm not somebody that freaks out. I've met so many celebrities and so many bands and all types of people. But uh, one time I was backstage at WWE and um, he had walked. He was in catering and he was still walking at the time. Uh, and I, I looked at my tag team partner and I was like, at the time, it was my tag team partner, Sean Murphy. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Harley Race. And he he was like, go say something. And I go, no, 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 I can't. I can't. So I, I walked out of catering uh, probably about a half hour later. I'm coming around the corner and I see his wife, BJ, when she was still alive. And Harley walked right behind her. They were coming out of a room. And I just looked at her and I go, that's Harley Race. And she goes, I know, dear. <laughs> <laughs> she goes well come on come on like that and just literally took me by the hand and walked me like the biggest fanboy ever and just said come on dear come on and just took me and, and harley sat down on a, on a chair and she sat me right down next to harley and just let me have maybe 45 minutes with him and Amazing. i just talked to him and thanked him and asked him questions and then it turned out to just be a great conversation and i was able to spend that time with him i saw him multiple times after that at conventions and stuff like that but that was certainly uh something that was really really special to me especially because harley was just the man just he is on that mount rushmore for me along with bruiser brody and macho man randy savage unfortunately everybody uh that i really really admired has passed away and yeah Oh, uh, man. But Har Harley was the man. Uh, he'll always be the man. He's still the man. Yeah, I think I think we've discussed this and we've kind of without outright discussing it have come to an understanding that your Mount Rushmore and my Mount Rushmore are almost incredibly similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Funk is on there as well. So oh. so Terry's Terry, thank God, is still with us. And uh, um, yeah, Terry is just, oh, come on. He's just, but Terry and Harley are, they're, they're just that type of wrestler that, you know, they just don't make them anymore, you know? So yeah, well, except Mick is the closest, but Mick's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just, they, they just, those, those types of guys, they, yeah. that's just an error that, I mean, we, we try to, 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 you know, 
emulate their style. We try to emulate the danger of funk and the danger of Brody, but uh, we're just uh, we're just a bad carbon copy. We're we're nowhere close. Uh, those guys were just, you know, they they were they they were literally the kings in the sport of kings, and and they were they were the reason that I'm so attached to this business. They're the they're the reason for for my fascination, my love, my you know my attention is everything. They, if it wasn't for those guys, um, you know, they they are what attracted me. It wasn't the in ring; it was the characters. It was the it was the work done by those gentlemen. Absolutely. And it's it's funny that you say that um, there's been a lot of focus put on those guys in that era lately between um, I don't know how much of Dark Side of the Ring season one you've seen. Uh, there was also a really um, a really highly, highly recommended in my eyes uh, documentary about championship wrestling from Florida that just dropped from high spots. It yeah, was, I haven't seen that yet. I, I definitely want to see that. I've got I you covered. Seen that. I've got you oh, covered cool. off air. Cool. So don't worry about that. Um, because I definitely want to get your get your thoughts on it, but um, it's narrated by Gordon Soley's eldest son. Oh wow, yeah, that's and cool. They got a ton of interviews, uh, both archival and current, and they talk to a lot of those guys. But yeah, and then with Dark Side of the Ring, you know, did a did a lot on Brody. That might be. I saw that. That might be the most comprehensive. And again, I keep telling, I as I said in the beginning. Um, we're, we're just going to be kind of jumping off from a lot of stuff we talked all the way sure. back on the other episode about. So, listeners, if you haven't heard that episode, it's up on SoundCloud. It's free. Go check it out because we're going to, like, jump into, like, a lot more of Bruiser Brody being amazing. And uh, that that episode was probably the most comprehensive, like, breakdown of the entire thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was that was wild. Um I didn't. I didn't realize. I, I don't know if it was intended or not, but I, I will say Abdullah did not come off great in that. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, he didn't. I. I. You know, he's a. Um, he's just a different kind of guy. Like he's he, there. There's a lot of kayfabe with him that I think made him you know, not know the difference between, you know, fiction and reality. And then there's, there's the, just the way he was trying to cover stuff up in that too, that made him, he's, he's, he's just an interesting cat, the way he puts things together and stuff like that. I wouldn't consider him a kind man or, a, or a, it's, you know, there's a few things, there's a lot of skeletons in his closet that have come out uh, over the past few years and stuff. And the thing with Hannibal and, you know, he, he is what he is. You know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't think he came across too great, but I think he's kind of comes as advertised. Um, I, I, I think, think he was, pro- I, I mean, to cut you off, but I mean, I think he was portrayed properly. Okay. Okay. I, as somebody you know. who's, as somebody who's met him and has been in the business a while, I mean, that's, that's something I definitely kind of wanted. Like, it was just like, we talked about it a lot in, uh, at Lapel yeah headquarters and other stuff like that, we had a discussion. It was like so um, <laughs> about how he looked there. Um, I will say that uh, Tony, that was the closest to a testimony you could ever get from somebody like a Tony Atlas who waited and waited for that subpoena that never came. And yeah, just, his stuff was powerful. You know, a lot of that, like <clears throat> you don't. I, it's really difficult with pro wrestling, especially with wrestlers from that era 
to un to to know what was real and what was what was reality and what was fiction. A lot of times, guys work and they work themselves into a shoot where they might say something so many times and then the camera comes on and they're performing a little bit. I, I feel like he was laying it on a little thick. Um, I've heard multiple different stories. Uh, I've heard a lot of rumors. A lot. I heard a lot of innuendo. I heard a lot of things where, you know, uh, people on the side of uh, Jose uh, in the way that you know he was being, you know, uh, Brody was was being brutal, you know, uh, uh, bullying him, and there was stuff from the past, and, and none of that, uh, you know, is an excuse. Um, I personally think that. It was a money deal. I think that Brody bought into that territory, and I think he was waiting for some payout. And I think something happened, and he did one of those. No, you're motherfucker. You're gonna give me my money. I think it was something like that. Um, and then once it happened, I I mean, it was obviously premeditated. And I'm speaking completely on opinion, completely out of school. Obviously, I was only there years later. Uh, uh, but, you know, I, I just think that uh, it, it had something to do with money. I don't think it was Brody beat him up uh, in the uh, in the garden, you know, 20 years prior and the guy was bitter. I don't think there was something about Jose's daughter. Uh, there was a story going around that Brody left the gate open or somebody left the gate open and Jose's daughter uh, drowned in the pool Um I, I I heard that that was actually years earlier that it wasn't you know that that was the anniversary of it or something that, that I don't know nobody will know but Brody and and Jose so you know nobody really knows what happened uh, maybe Carlos and Jovica know uh, but we'll never know we'll never know you know every everybody's got a got a theory about it because to be honest it's like it's the JFK. Uh, sure. Like investigation of our business, uh, yep. or, or of I, I shouldn't say our. It's your business. You work on it. <laughs> Sometimes folks let me in the back. I door. know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, I always thought I always thought for sure Carlos knew, and the level of his involvement I was never sure about. Uh, Savio Vega, who you know, one of your greatest rivals, and a name we mm -hmm. will definitely get back to here in a few minutes. Um seemed had had seemed to say at different times that he was pretty sure Carlos knew quite a bit about it. Yeah. And uh yeah, I had heard I had heard uh Rick Flair was the first person I'd heard mention years ago that uh you know, Jose's little girl had drowned, but he wasn't sure if it was like right be he thought it was right before this or I or it may have been yeah. a bit before this. So, you know, and again, not an excuse for that, but just kind of adding to him not being in a very clear state of mind but i mean from everything i saw it was it was seemed pretty premeditated or at least after the fact when they were just like ah no we're not going to send out subpoenas to anybody until after this trial goes you know yeah comes and goes well you know you've got to realize that when i was on the island and that was you know years years late you know it's funny because i was talking about this uh earlier with somebody and you know, I believe Brody was killed in 88 and I was on the island in 2001. Mm -hmm. 
So that was really a little bit over a decade later. But at the time, it felt like it was a lifetime ago that he passed away. Now, being an older man, uh, you know, 10 years of 11 years is not that long of a, of a deal. So I didn't realize actually when I was there that it was only a decade prior. You know, at the time, like I said, I it felt like it was a it was a lifetime ago. Um and that just seemed odd to me. That kind of settled in today when I was I was actually talking about this to to somebody earlier. And um, I don't know. That just that just seemed really really strange to me all of a sudden. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask uh, I'm gonna talk to Savio about this off the record and get him more. You know, this is just something that I've always been interested in, and I don't know. It's just a shame that it happened. And it, you know, of course I didn't know Brody. Uh, his wife Barbara and always mentioned to me that I reminded her of him. And I only say that because I'm extremely flattered. Mm -hmm. Uh, but she said the, she said that the way I do business and the way I conduct myself, uh, reminded her a lot of the way Frank was. And then when I spoke to Hanson, he said, you look like Brody. He said, you got, you got Brody's eyes. He goes, you look like him. And I was like, wow. And again, it's, I don't mean to sound, sick or twisted but it it's in some way it's a i don't know it's just somebody that i admired so much it's almost like a compliment to me um i don't know he's just somebody that uh i was absolutely fascinated with um he's just one of those characters it's just that that i don't know everything he did i just thought was right like everything he did in the ring every movement he made every picture he took um I don't really like it's 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 it, there's very few people like Harley Race is one of them. There's very few people that I'm very enamored with that I that I that I would consider myself a huge fan of. There's mm-hmm. it's it's very very few people and Brody was just one of those guys that he was just every photograph of him is just art. It's just yeah. crazy. It's brutality. There's just so, he he it's just every photograph of him speaks a, a, so many words it's just i don't know he's just it's just a brilliant uh he's just a, a brilliant character and just such a fascinating story I, i'm surprised there was never a movie about that um i feel like there should be and i guess mm-hmm. i guess it's up to me to like win the lottery and make that happen <laughs> yeah our our luck they'll they'll like brad piddle somebody will be brody like it's got no. it's gotta be like it's got to be like I don't even know who would play him. I See, don't know, I but... need a I need a fucking character actor like a Bud Court type, somebody who's just gonna disappear in that shit. Yeah, it's gotta. You've gotta. I mean, and it's gotta be somebody with size. It's 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 a. Uh, I don't know, but that would be uh, that would be cool. And then you you gotta hope that the director and the person who writes the, the story is you know you know doesn't you know make it lame and hokey. Yeah. Um, I would, and hopefully for the family's sake, that it doesn't just sensationalize the brutality of of the the the, the murder. Um, you know, you don't want that for the family. So it's it's got to be something that would, you know, be dramatic and go over the glory of his career and the the you know the way he did business and you know all the characters that came into his life. And then obviously you're going to have that ending, but you know, it would have to be done right and. Uh, who knows if the story is big enough for somebody with the credentials of like an Oliver Stone or, or, or you know, Tarantino or somebody rad to do it. But it's, I don't know. It's one of those times you wish Tarantino liked pro wrestling. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> Could you imagine all the characters and like the oh the cuts and the and the like the seventies wrestling and oh god, that would be. Oh my god, that would that would I wouldn't even have to see it to know that that would be my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, um, immediately like Terry Crews needs to play Tony Atlas. Ah, <laughs> that would be cool. Like that's the very first thought that comes to my head, because yeah. there'd be nobody better than him. Um, man, I want to get an excuse to make Idris Elba Ernie Ladd. Who, who who is that? Uh, Idris Elba, as in like uh, the guy who played uh, Luther in the BBC, the one they rumored for James Bond for a long time. He was Heimdall in the Thor movies. Like, oh, I didn't see any of these. Uh, yeah, he was like a real famous like he's a real famous um, British actor, um, African British descent, and like just like amazing actor. I think he played the gunslinger in The Dark Tower, amongst a bunch of stuff. He's been in everything. But okay, check him out. He, I, I just, I just want to hear him like perfect the Ernie Ladd accent and be like, Bundy, you never earned a check in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Vince McMahon was a genius. He fired my ass. <laughs> but, Man, yeah, he was a character, Ernie Ladd. Holy moly! Do you do you have an Ernie Ladd story? I'm hoping yes. No, no, I don't. That was he was way before my time, and and I don't have really any connections with that. That I don't have any connections with the Louisiana territory or that old guard. You know, you know, I I I know the the Terrys and the and the Sullivans and stuff, but Sullivan was a young guy compared to those to, to Ernie. True. And it's funny, you know, you funny you mentioned that. Because I have been on a quest because that that uh, Florida documentary was so good. It has renewed mm-hmm. my quest to find the best quality footage I can of Kevin Sullivan in the Purple Haze versus the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Oh, wow. See, I, I've got I've got you covered there. I've got a yes. I think it's like a six disc set or Holy something. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's it's when uh I got it off, you know, when the tape traders were still rocking and rolling, but it's actually a DVD. So, um, awesome. yeah, man, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you borrow it. <laughs> Fair enough. I will, I will, I yeah. will find a way to see to safely duplicate it. I think. Yeah, I think for I sure, find for sure. Guy, but yeah, I, uh, the last thing I would want to do is is ruin your copy of that because that's such amazing stuff. But um, through the documentary and some other means, I got to, uh, I finally got to watch some of. Some of those things like uh, the the raising of the purple haze from the sea, yeah, uh, the, yeah. The this is your life, dusty roads, where the uh, the pot of ink, the ink is thrown and the yeah, the things. ink, yeah, oh, God. yeah, all great stuff. All all you know when I when I first started, I started watching Florida Championship in '77. Oh wow. So yeah, so and and <clears throat> I mean we're talking Wahoo, Dusty, the Funks, the Briscoes, Harley, uh, Bad Bad Leroy Brown, Bubba Douglas, Sweet Brown Sugar. Um, yeah, this was this was um, the Assassins, the Spoiler. Um, just oh god, that just you know, and I was a kid, so I saw all of this stuff. You know, Florida was always just such a such a. Uh, it was just uh, it was a dangerous territory and and that's that's why i wrestle the way i wrestle is because the first time i saw wrestling the first impression i got of wrestling was dusty roads bleeding like you know 
buckets and, and bad, bad Leroy Brown hitting them with a monkey wrench in the West Palm Beach auditorium. Holy shit. You know, yeah, I mean, I that's that's what I grew up on. You know, I was a little kid, uh, you know, and I used to run around the, the buildings and me and Jim Garvin and Mike Graham and, and you know, I used to they when I would not be at the building, they'd all be like, where's Joey at? You know, that's they all amazing. you know waited for me and knew me and all that stuff. And um yeah, the whole Graham family, that what a tragedy that was too. That's something that, you know, people don't really talk about. Uh but yeah. uh, Eddie Graham's dad committed suicide. Eddie Graham committed suicide. Mike Graham's son committed suicide. Dad, and Mike Graham know. committed suicide. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. It was really, really crazy. So and who knows if I mean, I guess it wouldn't be CTE with with you know I, I mean with Mike and 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 uh, Eddie maybe, but not with the son and the dad. I don't believe the dad was a wrestler. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I don't I don't believe he was. But yeah, that's just crazy. I just remember Eddie Graham was just such a like uh, when I was a kid. It, you know, you didn't really know what was what because they didn't really you know. You know, you didn't you didn't break that fourth wall back then. So, you know, Eddie Graham was always on the TV and he would talk about, you know, the Boys and Girls Club with the, the sheriff's uh, 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 boys ranch and all that. And he really started all that stuff. He really started that. Uh, I don't know if he got that from Dory Funk Sr., but he started all that, you know, uh uh, intermingling charity and all that and, yeah. the, and the sheriff's department. And, and, and when I ran Florida, I ran Florida through the police athletic league. And so, so they were friendly because, and I don't know if it was because of past history, but wrestling and the, and, and the, you know, the police athletic league and the underprivileged kids and, and, and all that stuff was, was always hand in hand. And those kids used to get like, they'd go to wrestling camps and, and I know I, for my show, we used to let them in the show, uh, for free, you know, all the kids and, and, um, yeah, we always had a great relationship with with that, and 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 that was maybe me being you know a mark for Florida and 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 trying to basically use the Eddie Graham formula, and then coming to California, I used the Eddie Graham formula in in booking and and you know not with episodic storytelling because we don't have television, but you know just the 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 structure. Uh, of the show, the structure of the card, the way I present everything is very, uh, very old school Florida. So that was just so new here. That's why I think PCW Ultra was so different than everything else because it was, you know, just coming from a completely mind, different mindset than a, you know, Lucha Libre influenced Southern California. Um, you know, I was coming from, from, you know, right field, if you will, from Florida and, uh, and just, bringing something that was just completely unique to this area but it was you know you know so so uh you know it, it was so florida it was, it was it was everything i ever knew so but yeah that that's that's what i brought over here and it, and it worked uh and it's still working so yeah. um yeah it's 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 a it's a good style it's that presented wrestling presented as sport and you know you know there's many groups today that are presenting wrestling in a completely different way and that's fine and that's their thing and you know and and a lot of people like it some people don't whatever and you know who am i to say what's right or wrong but i i will always present wrestling um 
the 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 way I saw it as a kid, the 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 way I fell in love with it, and and that's that that sports style, you know, and 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 I think there's an audience for that, and and I think we've proven that, and uh, yeah, and I, that's the style for me. I do like the characters, I do like, but you had those characters in old Florida, you had the Dusty Roads, the sports entertainers, if you will, but they also had blood and guts, and they also fought with passion, you know, and that's that's kind of kind of what I always liked. Yeah, um, and and I will say that that I thought has always been one of one of your signatures. I I never really put it together until you said it right now, but now it just makes a ton of sense. And by the way, I, I cannot wait to get your thoughts uh, later on that documentary. I'm going to send it to you right away. But um, oh yeah, I'm dying to see it. I'll I'll, to, I'll watch yeah, that thing tomorrow. Maybe talk, watch it tonight. They talk a lot about Eddie Graham and how Eddie totally got that from dory senior and how yeah, much he respected so, the funk family absolutely how awesome is this so so i'm having a conversation we're not trying to name drop or anything we all know i know terry funk so I, i'm having a conversation <laughs> with, with terry and he said to me something that is probably one of the coolest things any but first of all it's terry funk so anything he says is cool absolutely. but he said something to me that was probably one of the coolest things i've ever heard he said my daddy taught me and he, I love when he calls him his daddy. My daddy taught me professional wrestling and my daddy taught Eddie Graham professional wrestling and Eddie Graham taught Kevin professional wrestling and Kevin taught you professional wrestling. So in saying that he really made me feel like part of his family. He really made me feel like, you know, you know, you know, part of his, his, his tree, you know, and, and, uh, I found that the way Kevin taught me and the way Eddie taught Kevin and the way Dory senior taught Eddie and the way Dory senior taught Terry was all so similar that I was, I'm able to this day to speak to Terry. Like we've known each other for 40 years. Like I can talk to him and I can say things and we can finish each other's sentences. And if I say something, he doesn't go, well, I don't think that like he just goes, yes. And then he'll elaborate and teach me more or tell me an, uh, an example because everything I'm telling him or everything I'm asking him is all from the same you know, tree. So we speak the same language. It's a very, very strange thing that I'm incredibly grateful uh to have that connection uh to have that sort of a you know connection with him that i can speak to him in that way and i never would have you know i would have thought of it like old school versus new school or i would have thought of it but no it's literally out of the brain of his father it's literally what his father made up it's literally what the formulas his father created that what I know his dad, you know, made up. So it's, it's crazy. It's just so crazy. Wild. It's yeah. Stuff like that really pops me like stuff like that is like, I have a tremendous amount of respect for that sort of thing because I'm, I like to figure out things on my own and I like to teach people, people, my ways and, and everything. And, and, and to be able to, uh, to learn from, you know, even if it's a trickle down, even though I have learned from Terry, you know, one on one as well, but it's a, it's a trickle down. I mean, geez, from Kevin, holy moly. But, but, uh, it, it's just incredible. It's just, I'm just very fortunate to be able to have those professors, uh, you know, in my, 
you know, network or whatever you'd call it. It's just crazy. It's super humbling and really, really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, a brilliant dude. Uh, the shorthand, we just always refer with reverence to Kevin Sullivan as the devil himself. And my good yes. friend, we all know who we're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. no further explanation is needed, but we, we all love Kevin. And, uh, you know, I did, I did get to meet him at uh, one of the first PCW Ultra shows I ever went to very, very briefly, but he was incredibly kind. As soon as he found out I grew up in Massachusetts, he immediately was like, oh, you're from this town, I'm from this town, and just all this yeah. off to the races. So Yeah, he's really kind, and he always has time. Uh, he's, he's not anybody that's got a big head or forgets where he came from. He's super working class, super cool, down to earth. Yeah. yeah, if it wasn't if he wasn't like that, you know, I he would he he's always made himself so accessible to me. Um and and like I said, he's a professor to me. Like he's 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 my wrestling professor. Like he took me to you know, he gave me my master's degree in professional wrestling. Um and dude, I mean, geez, from if you want to learn from anybody, how about the guy that beat Vince? Holy moly. Right. You know, <laughs> he's he's like I mean there's not you know there's, I mean, I know that Eric Bischoff's taken a heck of a lot of credit for that, that 83 weeks and all that stuff. Man, Kevin Sullivan yeah. is, uh, he's, Kevin's the one that doesn't say a word about it. Kevin's really the brains behind that. You know, Kevin is the booker and Kevin, and I know Kevin and I know how humble Kevin is and how he doesn't take credit for things. And I know how Kevin funnels his ideas through me with me thinking it's my idea. And then I go, well, wait a minute, Kevin gave me that whole thing didn't he yeah. <laughs> he like he, he feeds it to you in a way that you're just like he doesn't say see now do this because i said so he feeds it to you and lets you come to a conclusion and it feels like your own idea and you do it in a, in with confidence because that's the way you perform your own idea you know so kevin has a really unique way of teaching that uh yeah, it's just it's just very unique and it's extremely effective. Yeah, and I, I mean I've just been on such a kick uh, of his stuff recently. Um, man, I, I I'm gonna end up just like sending you a boatload of links when this is all done because I also oh, watch please his, I also watch his guest booker where he uh, he sits down with Sean Oliver and he has to book all of 1984 uh, New York with the caveat mm-hmm. that Hulk Hogan's not coming. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I've oh, seen I that. But that. I mean, but I've I've uh, I've had a guest booker like uh, over breakfast, over dinner. Oh over, yeah, uh... <laughs> this is not new to you. <laughs> yes, I've I've uh, I've talked to Kevin today. I I um, yeah, I've she's I but you know he's one of those guys, man. I, I could talk to him, I, and I mostly do. I could talk to him every day. Um, he's always got something unique to say. He's always got something to teach me. Um, and he's super kind. Like you said, he's, he's, he's got time for everybody and he's, he's not stingy with his knowledge. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I just, I just felt like a few degrees removed that I was, you know, that I was like getting a treat by listening to his, the way his mind works and the, and, and just the, the facts he would know, like, in the middle of that, he just was like, turns the interview. He's like, "Did you know that there's there's a higher Samoan population in every large city on the West Coast than there actually is in Samoa? Why wouldn't I want? Why wouldn't I want a yep. baby face from the islands? Give me CV Afi." And I'm just like, 
Yeah. Holy crap. And that's that's he says things like that 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 really you know, he's his brain just works. He's a genius. I mean, he just his brain works in a in a completely different way. He'll say something and I can't remember what oh, you know, it was me and X Pac and Kevin and it was something as simple as when John Morrison was going to come out and Kevin said it a certain way. And I go, eh, I just wasn't sold on it. And I just go, you know, I don't know. And Kevin goes, you know what? Do what you feel like is right. And he didn't push me. So I go to Pac and I, I tell Pac and Pac agreed with me. And I go, no, no, we're right. We're right. I just, I don't, I don't know why he thinks he's saying that. It's just not, it's not the right way. And Pac's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're talking and we're hanging out. And he just looks at me, uh, Sean, he just looks at me and he goes, Kevin's right. And I looked at him and I go, yeah. And he goes, he goes, wait a minute. He goes, and he starts second guessing himself. So I start second guessing myself and I go, well, hold on, hold on. I go, let's, let's, let's go over to Kevin. So me and Sean walk over to Kevin and we start talking to him and Kevin tells us both, look, you guys, if you think it's the other way, go ahead. And for some weird reason, it just all clicked on us. And then we performed it. Well, the guys performed it. We, 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 we did it the way Kevin said, and it worked better than we could ever imagine. And we're like, fuck, he was right. Like it was so, it was such a, it was such a minute detail of him going out before or after. And I, I can't remember exactly what it was. Cause Kevin's done this a gazillion times with me. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was such a simple thing that we knew the result wasn't going to matter either way. But the way Kevin said, we thought the result wasn't going to matter either way. No, it wouldn't have mattered if we did it, but the way he did it, he made it matter. It was so crazy. And it, and me and Pac just looked at each other and we were like, never again will we second guess Kevin. Like, he fucking knows. And it was just, it was crazy. So I always treat him with that respect. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll slip and I'll say, well, wait a minute. I think I'll feel strongly about something and my brain will tell me, no, I'm right. And I'll question it. But man, uh, that day we, we all found out who was right and who's the Jedi. And it's Kevin. <laughs> I mean, he's he's been wearing the hood for decades. It was like staring us in the face. Yeah, dude. I mean, seriously. Or he'll tell me something like I'll go. I'll say, OK, this is and I'm I do a lot of stuff where I do very broad strokes and I'll say and I'll do all my broad strokes first and I'll say, OK, I want this guy to go through this door and then that to happen. OK, and then I'll go, OK, now that that's going to happen, I want that da, 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 until he gets to the door and then bah, 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 after the door and I'll and I'll start to get the, the you know, I'll start to get all the details involved. Kevin will just without even thinking about it, just go do you want to do that? And I go, yeah. And I go, what if you did that? And then I'll just, I didn't, it's like, it's weird. It's like, I didn't even know that was possible. And it's so simple right in front of my face. And I'll go, Oh, and then as soon as they'll say it, like an explosion of ideas and then I'll go fudge. And then I'll go, doo, doo, and then he'll let me go. He doesn't, he doesn't, do anything but he'll just say one thing and then it'll just open up all this other stuff and i'll go holy crap and then i'll just go from there so every once in a while he'll just turn it a little bit and i'll go wow and i'll just have a completely different vantage point 
And, and that's just because he's a genius. He's just absolutely brilliant. And, you know, he doesn't boast about it. He doesn't, he doesn't say things that are so on the nose that you go, Oh yeah, it's just very subtle. And it's like, you could completely miss that. He's a genius. If you didn't watch close enough and he'll just look at you and he'll say it with confidence, just this one little thing. And you'll, it'll just blow your mind. And he's done that to me so many times in 20 years or however long I've known him that I, I couldn't even begin to tell you, but man, he's just, he's just one of the absolute best, you know, when it comes to, uh, uh, mind for the business, you know, putting this stuff together, uh, creating interest, you know, he's just one of the absolute best to ever do it. I mean, the, the proof is all right there and you can't argue that. And, and you also touched on something else is like, I get really annoyed and the, the talk is kicked up again now that he's going back to WWE and he's going to run a show on Fox and he's got the podcast and all this stuff like that. Everybody's Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff. And it's just like, I couldn't roll my eyes any harder into the back of my head or they would stay there. And then I would look like yeah. a purple haze, but only about a foot <laughs> shorter. Oh, and, and Mark Lewin is a very interesting guy. He moved to Singapore and he married a princess. What? Wait, you know, what? he's, yeah, he lives in Singapore. He's married to a princess Holy and that's God. shoot. Yeah. 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 He's a really interesting guy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I had heard some wild stories. I had seen some footage of him versus uh, versus Eddie Farhat, the, the original Sheik, all the going oh, all the way yeah. back to the 60s. Where, so, yeah. so Mark Lewin was a great baby face. You know, Kevin was a great baby face. Yeah, Kevin was a great baby face back in the day. And both of them were lean and shredded. They looked like bodybuilders. Yeah. They were, they were, yeah. So, yeah, but... Uh, Sheik and Lewin, they they had some major feud, yeah. Yeah, I just remember, I don't know how, but somebody, when I, I think I wasn't older than about seven years old, got their hands on, like, one of those, like, supermarket best of pro wrestling tapes, and mm -hmm. the main attraction on it was a vintage match with Mark Lewin and the Sheik, and I think if somebody had realized what they'd given me, they wouldn't have given it to me, <laughs> but that was the first time I ever saw the Sheik, I was seven! Oh, and it was it was so, tape of him from the '60s versus Mark Lewin. Oh my goodness, brutality at its finest, and that was a long time ago too. So yeah, I, so you pair that with I, the current stuff I was watching at that time, '92. Like I was just mesmerized by Cactus Jack, and yeah, just and he and the Sheik was in FMW at that time. He sure was, and I didn't see that of yep. course until much later. I mean, I had no. I, way. I got a cool. I got a cool Sheik story. It's very recent. I don't know if, if you knew or anything, but I just came back. Uh, I had this crazy thing. I, I just was like, we were doing TV in Chicago. I came home from that. Me and my wife immediately flew to um, D.C. So so I fly all the way to Chicago, do TV for three three days, fly all the way back cross country to California, pack up, fly all the way back over to um, D.C., go to West Virginia, go see Earth Rocker Fest with my buddies, and then go – I saw Cro-Mags, I saw Clutch, and it was yeah, killer. Yeah. Then I go to Tennessee, North Carolina, um, Kentucky, go to the Smoky Mountains. Somebody ran their car off the side of, the, of a mountain 
and like killed themselves. There was helicopters. We got stuck up on top of a mountain for three hours. Then, then we drive all the way to Indiana. We see Clutch in Indiana. Then we go to uh, my buddy. Uh, There's this legendary punk band called the Meat Men, and this <laughs> yeah. Tesco V is like one of my good buddies. So, me and Tes, me and my wife go up to see Tesco and Beth, his wife, and we and they they have a cottage in in because uh, that's what punk rock guys have a cottage in Minnesota on the lake <laughs> or um, in Michigan. So we go to the cottage in Michigan on the lake. Well, we have a rental car. And I'm like, okay, we're gonna drop the rental car off at the at the airport. Can you pick up? Can you pick me up at the airport? And then, um, and then uh, we'll we'll come to your house. And then you know we'll go to the cottage, you know that night. He's like, yeah, no problem. So I'm like, I got the Sheik's house is around here. So me and my wife Amy were you know we're googling it and stuff. Well, we find out that the Sheik's house because because last time we were there we knew about it and then and then you know we're like oh it's not too far or whatever. So we Google it when we're there. It's a bed and breakfast now. Wow. So we go at the Sheik's mansion. It's right in Lansing, Michigan. So we end up finding it. We go to the mansion and it's now a bed and breakfast. Um, and you know it took some pictures and stuff like that and saw it all and everything. Well, the Sheik is buried literally like a mile away from it. So we went to the grave site. So I went to the grave site, took pictures. It's all on my Instagram uh, at Joseph Samael if you want to see it. J O S E F S A M A E L. So I go to the go to the grave site and um, yeah, it's got like a camel on the grave on the gravestone and all that. It was funny because I I go to the the cemetery and there's one guy there. It's a small cemetery, and it's like like it's in Lansing, Michigan, just next to the guy's house and. Um, I'm there looking and I, and I got the, the plot number and the guy's like, are you looking for something? I, and I can't find any markers or anything. And I go, Oh yeah, I'm looking for, uh, uh, Eddie Far- Edward Farhat. And he goes, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And he goes, are you looking for the Sheik? And I go, yeah, <laughs> he goes, come on over here. And he takes me to the Sheik's gravestone. So I, I see it and I don't mean to break kayfabe or nothing on the back of it. So his wife, Joyce passed away. So they had a new headstone put, put on there, but on the back is his single headstone. That was his before she passed away. And then they got the big one for both of them when she passed away. I'm not, I'm not trying to break kayfabe. Ed Farhat, U S army. Whoa. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So right away, I send it to Sabu. I'm like, bro, I'm like, look at this. And he was like, I I didn't expect, like, I thought he was going to be like, you know, whatever. He was like gushing, like, thank you so much for paying your respects to my uncle. And like, he was really, really happy that I went there. And um, yeah, it was a super cool moment, man. It was really, really cool to just, I like to do like, like rock and roll, like, like rock and roll history or wrestling history. Like we went to like the house, like on the front cover of the black Sabbath album in England. And we went to like the, where, where, um, uh, the girls are all on the, uh, at giants causeway on the, um, houses of the Holy Led Zeppelin cover and in Scotland or, uh, Ireland. And then we went to like the, uh, physical graffiti house and the village in New York. Like I like doing shit like that. Like I like yeah. seeing like different, uh, you know, I'm not like Eiffel tower is cool and all that, but I like, you know, I'm, I, I have different tourist destinations. Yeah. The one where there's nobody at, <laughs> right. You, and you, know? you always, yeah. you always come back from these and inevitably yeah. we always get to talking about music because to, yeah. to take people behind the curtain, 
Yeah, we, we talk about wrestling and it's cool, but that's like been your main job for years and that's like turned into like one of my jobs. So it's great and I love it and it's it I love that it consumes more and more of my life as I get older. But I love the fact that the main two things that you and I talk about uh, when we're not doing stuff like this is music and cults. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's like it's if it's not wrestling and music and cults, it's food. It's like that's, yeah. <laughs> I just like to be I like, I just like to indulge in 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 things and that I love, you know, I just like to. That's, you know, the, me and my wife, we travel a lot and, and we just like to just enjoy ourselves, man. It's like, I don't like, I don't like, you know, I like good days. I don't like crappy days. So I just like to enjoy myself. I like to, I like to go out of my way for a good meal. I like to try stuff that I've never tried. I like to see things I've never seen. And I like to see music that, you know, like, like the Cro-Mags, like I was hanging like, uh, because we're friends with clutch, like I got to like see the crow mags hang out with John Joseph all day. And like, I mean, it's just wrestling has, uh, wrestling's like my foot in the door all the time. It's the weirdest profession that people are fascinated by it. And it almost makes me legitimate whenever I see other entertainers or anything like they're just like, Oh, okay. You're a wrestler. And you know, then, it's like it, it opens up the like these doors. So um, I use it, you know, I, I've, I've done my bumps and I've traveled my miles and I, you know, and I, I, if I can, you know, if there's a wrestling fan and they're, they think that's cool, man, I think you're cool. So let's, let's, yeah, let's enjoy each other. And, you know, I always am wide open with my shows and stuff. Like I always have an open door policy for all my friends. And, you know, if you want to come by and check out what we do, you're always welcome and, and all that. So yeah, it's, it's just a, uh, it's a cool thing where I guess artists, if you will, could all kind of like share in each other's passions and art and what we all create. And we can all just kind of barter and barter with what we do. And we can all kind of just let each other kind of, you know, feast on our, our, you know, our hard work. And it's just a, it's just a cool, cool thing to have friends like that, that are all, cause usually it's very like-minded individuals that are super cool. Yeah. Like I, I, I rarely meet somebody on the road in, in music or, or wrestling, excuse me, that, that, you know, is, is happy doing what they do. That that's a jerk, you know, everybody's usually really awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun way to, to, to enjoy your life with, with, with these types of people, you know? Yeah, it's, it's so funny. Like, yeah, two things. First of all, I tell anybody if, I'm, if they see me having a bad day, I'm just like, uh, hey, just get me, get me over to, to a show and uh, put me to work over there and I'll be the happiest SOB you've ever seen. And yeah. the, the other thing is I've, I've had a discussion, uh, you know, um, amongst a bunch of people, and I think this speaks to how much – respect pro wrestling has had now that it's just been become part of the culture for so long is that i think there's like three uniquely american exports to the world and they're blues music comic books and pro wrestling i think you're right just stuff that's so uniquely american and went out from here to everywhere else and to be done with yeah. what will be done with it it's crazy but yeah, no, I, I love the fact that, you know, more and more people that I come across in entertainment and all the circles I go through, you know, as soon as they hear the word wrestling, like it feels like a lot of that stigma is has 
is being washed away or has washed away, which is fucking you know, cool. It's it's weird because like if I'm in a crowd of people and it's not the place like it's like oh wrestling whatever. But man, I mean, I'm like I have a lot of unique friends and and I have a lot of I I have a lot of friends of m- different ages and many different occupations and I'm not scared to be at different pools and different circles. I don't just hang out with wrestlers and musicians. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if I'm at I mean, I could be at a salmon bake at a 55 and older community. I'm not scared. Like nice. I you know what I mean? Like and I'll be flipping the I'll be on the grill. You know, I'm I love all types of people provided they're cool. And if I'm around people that are doctors or lawyers or whatever, um, they're always fascinated about pro wrestling. They're all, I've never been to a place where somebody was disrespectful to me because I was a pro wrestler. It's always been the absolute opposite. They've always been cool. And, and, um, it just seems like if somebody feels somebody else is watching or they're on tape or camera or something, they're like, Oh yeah, that's stupid. But man, in private and at parties and hanging out with people, maybe I'm intimidating a little, I don't know. But, but when I'm talking to people, they're like, they're usually, they don't leave me alone. They're like, Oh, and then what about this? And what about that? And most everybody has pro wrestling memories. I'm sorry. There's rarely people that I meet that don't know anything about pro wrestling. Somebody has, something to add to a conversation, some memory, somebody they know that loved it, if they loved it or their favorite or the first time they saw it, for the first time when they went to an arena and saw it. Somebody has some story about it always. So it is uh very much in the lexicon and 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 it's a it's a unique art form that people can act like they don't like it or they think it's stupid, but people are fascinated by it. They're fascinated with the intricacies of it. They want to know how they want to know why they want to know, you know, what happens. They want to know, you know, how it works. Um, you know, so it's, it's something that, that, you know, I never, I never go anywhere and I get like shit on for it or anything like that. And then I protect it if I did, yeah. you know, if I, if I, if I would, um, I would protect it and say, you know, eh, come on, go get screwed, dude. Come on. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, the, you know. it's the funniest thing because I've, I've been watching for so long and, you know, I've been, I've been lucky enough to be accepted into several circles in the community, uh, PCW Ultra included, by the way, which I can't thank you enough for. Oh, of course, um, of course, of course. There's, I always say to other people, well, you wouldn't want to know how David Copperfield makes the elephant disappear, right? And they go, well, right. no. And I'm like, well, I don't want to know how he did that. Like, I personally, I never want to know how a Buried Alive match works. I never want to, you know, I never wanted to be certain, you know, against my wishes, I kind of, it, it, was, it was exposed for me once and I was a little pissed about it, but I never wanted to know how the fireball worked. Because I love yep. it so fucking much. It's the coolest. It's still one of the coolest looking things I've ever seen. I thought so since oh, I was man. Like a kid. It's, it's a, a 10 out of 10 times people lose their mind when I do it. Oh, I mean, it awesome. it never fails. Unless unless I, I screw it up, which is very rare because I've got it down pat. But but it's it's it's... I mean, it just always gets the perfect reaction. Yeah. And it always comes out of nowhere. And and people lose their shit, you know. They they just love it. The best one. Now I, I haven't seen you throw a bad one personally, but the best one I've ever seen you throw, and it was partially because of where I was standing when I saw this, was 
uh, Shane Strickland's Last Night in PCW Ultra. Oh, yeah, that was a good and one. And you came, and well, we didn't know it was you. you it, Mil Mortes comes out with a masked man, literally a guy in a black bag, essentially. It was crazy. It was, looked like somebody had run out of, like, a, a black ops site. Black shirt, <laughs> black pants, black boots, black bag. And all of a sudden, here here you are. Nobody knows it's you yet, and you're up on the apron, and you got up there just in time. Swerve comes off the top, and just this ungodly big fireball, he, like, leaps right into it. And... Yeah, he double stomped and fell right oh, into it. Yeah, it, it was, was beautiful. So fucking great. It, it was a, that was that took such perfect timing. If it would have been a hair off, it wouldn't have looked right, you know. Yeah, but I was, and I mean, the corner of the ring that I was standing behind was right behind Shane as he jumped, and he when he oh, jumped wow. right the fuck into that, I was like, oh my god! Of all the times I didn't have my camera out. And I saw it, and I just went nuts. And as soon as as soon as you did it, I didn't say anything to anybody. But I'm like, oh, that's him! <laughs> Amazing, that's him. Who else? I love yeah, it. That so was much. a fun one. But yeah, yeah, that was a the the photos of the Phoenix Fireball were nuts because they were like into like it looked like almost an illusion. They were into the people. Yeah. I don't know if you saw those photos, but they were oh, they were brutal looking. Yeah, and I mean that's that's probably as good a segue as ever because the la- since the last time we talked, and that was back when the Great Muda came to town, you have hit the road again with a vengeance, and holy shit, the stuff that you and uh, Jacob Fatu have gotten to do is awesome. I mean, amongst oh, thank you. I mean, amongst other things, let's let's run down the list real quick. Let's give the people a Cliff Notes version. <laughs> they haven't been paying attention for the last year and a half. But um, you guys are still the PCW Ultra Tag Team Champions. Um, you picked up the Defy Tag Team Championship in the process. You started a working trade agreement back and forth with Defy. Um, you mm-hmm. also had a working agreement with Impact Wrestling during that time. Uh, you guys went to MLW and started a goddamn riot. Um <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is one of my favorite things this year. Um, I think I remember blowing you up afterwards. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. You, you, you started a riot with a fucking water bottle. Um, but, yeah, um, you, you've beaten Lost Parks. You've beaten the Lucha Brothers. I mean, you guys. Jacob got the, NW, uh, Jacob got the MLW World's Heavyweight Championship. Holy crap, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've had a good year, man. It's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing, and it's been so cool to to watch and to see you know, do all this stuff. You know what's so weird is, so, you know, I was really, really, really on fire in, uh, I think it was 2013, maybe. I, I got hurt bad in Australia. So I ripped all the ligaments of my foot. I had just a really, really freak accident uh and and i i got hurt really bad and at the time i was like you know what it was only my second injury i had been hurt before but it was only my second injury i I had a surgery uh on my knee i blew out my acl and i think it was 2002 and then uh and then that feels fine and then it's my right knee and then my left ankle 
uh, just got, it, it just, I spun around and my foot was stuck in the, in the floor and I, it just ripped all the ligaments around and broke the outer bone of my, of my leg. And, um, so yeah, that was the second surgery I had and it was a gnarly one. It was, it was really bad. So at that time I thought, man, you know what? I've done what I've done. I did this big, you know, world title run. I'm, you know, I, I, the, the problem, the, the thing that did suck was I had all these, uh, dates. I was going to wrestle in France. I had like all this stuff going on through Europe and I was hopping from Japan to Australia to, to Europe and I got hurt in Australia. And I, and I actually had a, I had a 10 day tour in Australia and I got hurt on the second day of the 10 day tour. So it was really, really, yeah, it was really crappy. I was in the dumps and, you know, I thought to myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. I got a great wife. I got a great life. Okay. I did what I did. This is, there's no coming back from this one, you know? Um, and then I met, uh, Mike Sharnagle and he wanted to do this PCW thing. And I was like, you know what? I do love wrestling and I do want to continue doing wrestling. And if worse comes to worse, I can just have this small little show and I'll just do this. And I just got absolutely consumed with PCW. Um, turned into PCW Ultra. We started off in a little spot. Uh, we had a couple hundred people. It was respectable. It was great. And it just kept growing. And it just kept getting better and better and better. And we just had more and more incredible matches. And everything just kept happening. And we did our three-year anniversary. And it was – and when – I came upon that time uh, when we were we were gearing towards the three year anniversary. I thought to myself, you know what? I think I want to do like one more loop around. And I said, you know, I got PCW rocking. I, I really wanted to focus all my time on it, and I really wanted to get it going. And you know what? I've done that. It's 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 moving now. It's working. It's uh, you know it really doesn't need the attention. Uh, 24 seven anymore. So let me, let me throw some feelers out there. Let me, let me try it. As soon as I said I was going to do it again, like everything just happened. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like I was so humbled that like, you know, you get out of it and you don't think you're wanted anymore. You, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm working, I'm having fun, but I'm, I'm my own, I'm doing it myself. It's me booking myself. And, and you think, oh, well, you know, you're, you know, it is what it is. You know, I, I did what I did and you start, you know, kind of downplaying it and all that. And then when you realize that there's a demand for you and you realize that somebody wants to sign you for a contract and you realize that, like you're still wanted and the fans are receptive and like, Oh man, it just made me feel so incredible and it made me feel so alive and it made me fall in love with the business all over again. And it's, you know, I've got haters. There's very few. I used to have a lot when I was just doing PCW, but now I got so much love and, um, it's just an incredible time for me. It's like my final act and it's, I, couldn't have written it better myself and i'm a booker it's like i couldn't have yeah like i couldn't have written it better it's so insane like how lucky i am it's like i i just can't believe it and now i'm in a position where like i'm i'm doing much more stuff um you know i've really sharpened my muscle for for you know office work and and, and being somebody that that can make things happen i've always been that type of guy but now i've got so much respect 
because of PCW Ultra, and and you know I'm I'm able to make all these deals and and do all these cool things and work with all these different companies and now I'm like looking at going back to Japan and and uh, you know just just it's it's insane it's really insane if somebody would have told me this a year ago I would have thought well I'll go back out there I'll get a date or two whatever you know I might work for a couple old friends or a couple old promoters that are still around you know whatever I I'd never had any really huge expectations and the fact that I exploded now like I did back you know it's just crazy. Like I just, I I'm extremely humbled and very, very grateful. I don't take any of this for granted because I know how it's just, it's mind blowing. I just can't, I'm just very grateful. And I don't mean to gush all over it for so long. It's just, it's just crazy. I just can't believe it's happening. It's just really, really an amazing time for, for me. And I'm just, uh, I just I'm floored. I just can't believe it. But it's happening. And it's it's I'm able to do it with Jacob Fatu, who I've spent so much time with uh, with his career. And I've spent so much time transferring my knowledge. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I think the karma of, you know, giving back because uh, I didn't know anything somebody told me everything I know, mm-hmm. you know, somebody showed me everything I know. Somebody, somebody was there in every corner of every place of every country of every state, you know, of every match I had, you know, there was always somebody there that whether they were better than me or not as good as me or whatever, they taught me something either way. And, um, being able to like, take like, be at this, uh, you know, have this mind and the wisdom now as an older man, uh, you know, in wrestling, I'm not, I'm pretty young guy still, but in wrestling, I'm, I'm an, I'm, a, I'm an old veteran. Uh, but to be able to have all this stuff come together and me a- being able to apply it, um, it's the most fun I've ever had in wrestling. It's just the most fun. And I just, I know it's not going to last forever. I know I'm on borrowed time. I know that, that it, the, the clock is ticking and I, I I'm praying I don't get an injury at this state of my career, but, but I sure am enjoying myself right now, man. I I'm just having the time of my life and I just don't want it to end. I think that's, what's so enjoyable to me. Um, you know, a, apart from, Apart from getting to know you, being able to have that that information and being able to see it, whether you're on TV on MLW or and you're doing your thing with Fatu and with with Simon Gotch or Simon Grimm, I should say, and whether it's there, whether it's a PCW Ultra and seeing you work with all these dudes, it's just it's just really cool. I, and it, it actually takes me back because I was thinking of this the other day, and it was I you know is when I saw. The match with uh, with Jacob and with Filthy Tom, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my God!" I remember when I found out, and I for I don't re- even remember how, but it was just I was talking to somebody, and they had said to me, "Oh, your uh, your your guy got signed," and I'm like, who, "Who are you talking about?" And then they had mentioned it to you, and like I didn't see it anywhere, and I was like, "My," and I I stopped myself from saying anything about. It. I'm like. I better message him. I better message him first, and I just kind of like very subtly was like, "Congratulations, by the way!" And you were like, 
for what? <laughs> and, <laughs> I, and then I was like, oh, no. The old school case. Ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to play this real carefully now. And because there's a chance that either I'm dead wrong or I know something way before I'm supposed to know it. And then it ended up. You know, at that indeterminate time, I will leave out for the sake of all parties involved. I was like, um, so I was told, I think by accident, that you're going to MLW. And then there's just a long pause, and you were just like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) There's no secrets anymore with the internet. I mean, however, I, I did keep my mouth shut, and I just let everybody... I just let everybody see it. I just had to be like, I had to just shut up about it and say nothing to nobody for a while. Yeah, I don't think I, I mean, I didn't post, I didn't say anything, I didn't do anything. I just kind of showed up for work and um, yeah, I didn't know, like, it was weird because, you know, I had done like uh, regional TV, I had done like, um, uh, TV on Sunshine Network for a company MXPW, and I had done TV in Japan, and I had done TV extensively in Puerto Rico, but but I had never really had a a strong US TV, and um, I didn't really know what to expect. And the one thing that I didn't want was a boss. I was really, really like very leery of having a boss, and and I was like, ah oh, man, like I I was very I was second guessing it a lot. I was leery to sign, and and I had all these emotions, and then I did it, and um, it took me a second to kind of uh, let myself know that I wasn't in a hundred percent control anymore, and that was. You know, for somebody like me who's never had, I mean, I've never had a boss. I mean, and for somebody like me, I just, it was really, really a hard thing. It was a hard pill to swallow. And um, I love it. Like, there's parts of it where I don't have to think for, you know, I don't have to do all the thinking. I like that. Um, You know, uh, I love MLW. Like, I love the company. I get along with everybody so well. Um, I have a lot of, uh, my voice is heard there in a big way. Um, Douglas James just got signed. I was about to say, yeah, congratulations. Imagine that. Huge. Yeah, imagine that. And Fatu got signed. Imagine that. And Alexander Hammerstone got signed. Imagine that. So, you know, I'm, 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 um, I'm, I'm getting along really well there. Um, and I like the fact that my knowledge is respected, um, you know, cause I'm at this point where it's like, you know, I, I, you know, I've got a lot, I, I'm, I'm that old guard, but I'm still, I'm not an old man. So I've, I've got that, you know, I've got a lot of that knowledge that most people really don't have, you know, most people that, that know what I know are dead. I mean, unfortunately, um, you know, Savio Vega just got, uh, to the company. Imagine that. Yep. Um, you know, so, so I, you can kind of see what's, what's happening and, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm really, really on board a million percent and PCW ultra is my everything. Uh, I made sure that PCW ultra was, you know, not going anywhere, not doing nothing. So that's not in jeopardy at all. Um, everybody is 
very kind uh as far as respecting you know my company and 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 um yeah so so um everything's really great you know i'm i'm uh i'm feeling very useful i'm feeling very fulfilled um and I love the product. It's my favorite wrestling product on TV. It's so fucking like, cool. And it tells yeah. it, has, it has that dangerous vibe to it. But I mean, because yep. you got a lot of dudes like like Contra, like Filthy Tom, like yeah. Richard Holiday and Alexander Hammerstone. And uh, Dude, fucking, La Parka. Oh, both the parks. Yeah. And, yeah. And Daga. It's like it's it's. Yeah, it's a dangerous, uh, it's a dangerous, volatile atmosphere. Uh, the you know, cord ain't afraid of heels. That's for sure. How good is Selena uh, De La Renta? Speaking of heels, and she's uh, only like twenty-two. So, so she's fucking brilliant, and uh, I hate her guts because she's so talented. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's 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 fucking incredible, and I love her. I I think she is. I think she's going to be a major, major, major star in this business. She is so valuable. Um, it's just, you know, it's funny. Everybody was stuck looking at the same thing. Everybody was looking at the same show dogs. Everybody was admiring the same animals and the everybody was trying to get the same thing. And court just went off to the side and goes, I'm going to make my own. And the writing on that show, the writing on that show is so fantastic because they're doing something that I've never seen done in a professional, in a professional wrestling show. The storylines are not in their own lane only they intersect. And it's such a small detail, but it's not done anywhere. Yeah. You would, you would think like, yeah, and and this is this is like the old days. It's written like TV, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it's only getting better, and it's the warts are getting shaved down. It's getting fine tuned. The thing that I love the most about the company is the fact that since I've been there, it's been forward and upward. Mm-hmm. Like it's I, I've since day one. Every day I come back, it's better. And it's I I just have a tremendous amount of respect for that because that's the same thing that we do at PCW Ultra. And the only way you can do that is if you fine tune the whole thing all the time. You work on it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You bust your ass when you have a victory. You work on it when you have a defeat. You work on it when you're on a Sunday. You work on it when after you're done going to the party, you come home, you work on it like it's always, always always time to go to work and and i just respect the work ethic of all the people there um i love the responsibilities i get there i love to hit things out of the park um i love to be you know uh you know to to be respected enough to be given things to do um and i and the people that i'm working with are incredible because they're all the people that nobody wants the Teddy Hearts, the Sheiks, the 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 low keys, the Von Aaron. The, yeah, they're all the people that people are like, oh, they're problems. No, none of these people are problems when you respect them and you have respect for pro wrestling. None of these people are problems. They're all bad motherfuckers and they're all renegades and they're all guys and girls that are all incredibly passionate about what they do. They're all 
they're all a team is what they are and and you know if you put those people with a bunch of c team and d team people well then they are problems because they complain and they say well why the hell is it like this and why do you let that guy do that and then they go oh that guy's rocking the boat oh that guy's this no these these are all people to give a shit and when you put all those people together woof you got something, man, and and they've got something, and and I'm really, really excited to be there, and I'm really grateful that I'm I'm able to be there, and I'm super grateful I'm I'm able to be there with Jacob because, man, he's killing it. He is. He's absolutely. Oh, he's, he's just. A, he's incredible. Incredible. And that's that's something I've been want I've been saving up to talk to you about for a while. Probably the yeah. most fun TV match I've seen in America up to this point this year was all three of you, meaning you, Jacob, and gotcha. Simon, versus Filthy Tom and the Von Ericks. You yeah, all that tore was fun. that motherfucking place apart. It was insane. Yeah. It was so awesome. Oh, that was a fun one, man. That was a real fun one. Yeah, those, I mean, I mean, just being, I just love the writing. I just love everything about it. I love the situations we're in. I mean, look, I mean, coming into a company and being, you know, in the top heel faction, I mean, look, you can be put into something, you got to hit it out of the park, but to, to, to get the opportunities that we, that we've gotten, dude, I'm just, I, I, I'm just very, very grateful, man. It's just, it's, it's, you know, you know, I see people that don't get opportunities and they get all pissed off and they, they, but I mean, we just, you can't not book me and Jacob the way you, I mean, we're just like, it's just something special. I, I mean, I'm not trying to put us over like we're, but it's just something that I feel it, man. When I'm out there, I'm just like, holy shit. And I hear the people and I hear what the people say to us. I mean, we're, we're us. So I, I experience it wherever we go and the people dig it, man. They just dig it. And, and I'm, I'm just, happy to be a part of it happy to fit like a uh you know square peg in a square hole <laughs> and 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 uh yeah man i'm having the most fun i mean the fact that i can wear suits and the fact that i can do what i do and i you know i've got you know i amplify my character and it's still extremely cheeky and just all of everything everything i just i'm just so happy man it's, just so happy it's fucking rad and the only question i have <laughs> left at this point because like for the most part i would love to see just you guys fight the von erics on a loop forever at this point because it was even <laughs> better than i hoped it would be when they announced it and then it ended up being so rad um the only other question is when is court flying the uh motorcycle ball of death in from puerto rico You've got you, oh, you've got that Sabio. It, it, I need it. I need it. That's got to happen. Uh, we got we to gotta get to work on that. That's got to oh, happen. My God. But wait, wait until you see what happens in Dallas. Oh, oh wait till you see Dallas. That's, that is going to be, that's going to be probably, that's going to be a memory for me. I, I mean, Dallas is going to be nuts. Just don't miss that. That is going to be bonkers so um, this is the part where we'll just like everything we'll drop in the <laughs> plug and say uh you guys can catch it if you have cable on be in sports uh it also lands on youtube and the fight network every week um or in the fight app if you have it that's how i watch it i highly recommend doing so it is um amazing weekly television 
It's it's episodic. It's got all the best notes. It's it's mid south. It is the it is mid south for the new generation. Is what it is. Sure is. It's it's the closest thing. I mean, Cornette said. Uh, I forget how he described the the that particular Von Erich match. He said something about this is the closest thing to the, you know, you know, mid south something as since the mid south whatever he said. I forget, but it was it was it was poetic and it was perfect. He said it was the Only most as, Memphis brawl since like the original he, concession yeah, brawl. Exactly, yeah, and it was it was just a huge compliment and. You know, he gets a lot of heat and and people. I like Cornette, man. I think he's a lot of the stuff he says. I mean, I understand certain certain people, you know, he comes as advertised and stuff. But from a wrestling sense, um, I really enjoy, uh, you know, his his take on everything. I respect it. Um, Of course, I'm a student of the old school. So the things that and the lessons and all that stuff is music to my ears. uh, other things and other views and whatever that people, whatever, I think he gets misunderstood a lot. I'm not going to sit here and advocate Cornette. I don't want to get people, you know, burning my house down or nothing, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, he's, he's, he's been, you know, uh, I, I've had, you know, nothing but uh, good experiences with him. Um, I don't want to ruin his gimmick or anything, but um, you know, he's, he's a badass, and uh, yeah, just, just to be around, you know, old heads like that, that know their shit, you know, and, and, and to be complimented by, by guys that I know were with the guys, you know, and, and, and that, that were, that were there in the day, uh, the guys I admired, the guys I respected, the guys who made memories for me to have those guys, um, you know, take their hat off to us and our generation. I mean, that's what I'm looking for, man. That's all I've ever looked for. I've only wanted to, 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 uh, leave the business better than, than, than what the way I found it. And, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm not saying any style of wrestling's right or wrong. I mean, everybody has an opinion, but my style is the style of Bruiser Brody. It's the style of the original Sheik. Um, it's the brawling, passionate dusty roads you know baby face with passion and you know that's that's what i'm i grew up watching that's what i love that's what i'll always love i'll never pop for anything different i'll never you'll never you know not to shit on anybody but you'll never you'll never you'll never catch me telling you i saw the greatest orange cassidy match i'm just not that type of guy um although he can be whatever to anybody else and i'm not trying to shit on him more power to him if he's going to make money i'm just saying i'm a bruiser brody guy that's my type of type of wrestling so um that's what we try to perform um and i feel like we're as close to it as you can get and uh next friday night august 9th jacob fatu and joseph samael collectively known as war beast are going to put it on the line well no belts are on the line it's just going to be blood sweat and tears against outlaws inc eddie kingston and homicide and i'm um, so glad you brought this up because this was something i was i was wanting to save until we got here until we got to the to the current current the now now um and that that issue started with you and that that issue started with you and homicide and it started like as the small thing and i saw it and i went hmm and then i waited 
and then I saw it get a little bigger and a little bigger to the point where you guys were just like lobbing bombs back and forth at each other, and I'm like, oh shit. Well, homicide, homicide has been around for a long time, and he's an East Coast guy, and he fancies himself an East Coast capo, and homicide's legit. And I've got nothing, nothing bad to say about homicide as far as him being legit. But homicide needs to recognize that I'm legit and homicide, you know, has got a big fucking mouth. And, and so does Kingston. Kingston's got a real big fucking mouth. So, you know, they were talking and, and, and they're, you know, these guys are real guys. They're not, they're not internet tough guys. They're not, not nothing like that. And I, I straight up called uh, uh, homicide and I told him, I said, look, man, I said, you know, you know, I don't have any beef with you. You know, you, you got some shit to say. You're talking all this types of shit like I'm I'm some type of clown. Like, let's do it like that. So, I mean, whatever happens, happens. I mean, this is as shoot as it gets. I mean, you know, and I, I mean, look, I, I'm not I, I'm I, there ain't a man in that building I'm scared of except for Fatu and he's on my side. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I mean, Jacob. uh he ain't he ain't the one and 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 kingston's you know supposedly uh homicides rottweiler or whatever like that whatever dude whatever i'll take a fucking big ass samoan that could flip from the rafters any day so yeah you know i'm i'm not yeah homicide's gonna get he's gonna get shown what's what and uh you know it is what it is it there it's not going to be for any titles it's not going to be for anything and it's going to end up in a fight and it's going to be dirty and it's going to be messy and i'm sure it's going to get bloody and it is what it is Um, and he's got heat with other people on the show too so i mean he's we've never been scared he's he's one of those dudes who yeah he has been around for a long time but it's just as as soon as i saw it i was like man i never knew i needed to see that until now and then yeah and and your point about fatu um, let's rewind a little bit to the aftermath of the main event of the last PCW Ultra show where right? somebody, and I, I don't know this clown. I've seen this clown around though. And yeah, he's a moron. Yeah. He's what we call a high functioning retard. <laughs> oh shit. I think this is the part where I have to do the legal disclaimer and be like, the views of the guests of Captain Jack's on Bar Emporium do not necessarily reflect the views of Captain Jack, regardless of the Steel Cage Network Incorporated. Uh, I like that. You had that in your back pocket, I've, I've gotten pretty you good at that. You must have recited that before I got on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten yeah. pretty good at that. No. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no. so this he's, fool. He's, he's... – <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, Sorry to cut you off, but it was just – I couldn't believe yeah. what I was watching. This guy, yeah. I don't know if he had some liquid courage or what the hell possessed him. Well, his his deal was was he's he he thinks he's part of the show. He tries to hijack shows, and you know that's his thing. He was drunk. He was being dumb, and he crossed the guardrail. And we're not going to go into particulars, but he was coming after me. And uh, this ain't the first time this has happened. And this isn't the first time that that result has happened. So, you know, you know, uh, you know, Fatu is Fatu and Fatu comes as advertised and he acts accordingly. And, you know, it is what it is. And we're not going to get into the particulars, but you know, ain't nobody getting to me. I mean, listen, if you get to me, I'm going to whoop your ass. But (laughs) if you can get past Fatu, I don't got to do nothing anymore. I don't have to do nothing anymore. I got fought too. He's 300 pounds. 
He's a 300-pound Samoan. He's the Samoan terror. He's a wrecking ball. He will eat your face off. And anybody that doesn't, all you got to do is meet him for five seconds, and you'll agree. I challenge anyone to go up against Fatu. That it just is the dumbest thing you'd ever want to do in your life. A few people have tried in bars on the road. A few people. And I guarantee you, I have never seen shorter fights in my life. That's and the only reason why they're short is because he doesn't beat on them when they're dead. <laughs> uh, it's oh it's God. short because he stops. That's why it's short. So so you know this is this is a stupid move, and this is somebody that is a dangerous man. And this isn't this isn't entertainment. This is this is something that you don't fuck with Fatu. So. Yeah, I'll say that a lot of a lot of the friends that I've made that went instantly viral and people Mm -hmm. who haven't even worked with Fatu in the business were tweeting that out. They they were like, see, this is why you don't do this. And oh, it's known. Anybody that knows knows. And it's a really dumb thing to do. It's a really dumb thing to do. And he's super lucky. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, I don't want to I don't want to talk about it too much, but he's super, super lucky. Because that was like, that was like first gear. Yeah. On purpose, that was first gear. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, it's, I mean, it's, it's really silly how people act like there's no danger. Like people are, oh, and they say something after. It's really, really stupid when people don't understand the severity of the danger they're in. It's really, really, really dumb and naive, but you know, we're, we're not going to reflect on any of that stuff. We're we're trying to be positive, but if shit goes down, he's on my side, folks. I, I will say it's, it's one of those things that I feel very, I feel lucky that I've had such positive re interactions, just repeat interactions with fought with uh, Jacob Fatu. And he's been super nice. But, no, he's all love yeah, until he's not. Exactly. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah, yeah. He's all love until he's but, not. So, so, yeah. and, and that's that's how you it is. You give yeah. respect, you no. get respect. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Oh yeah, big ones. So yeah, um, that's gonna be amazing. The the entire card that you guys have put together for this. Uh, let's uh, the opener with Schaff and uh, the newly signed to MLW Douglas James. And Brian Pillman Jr. Now I know you've been trying. We've we had talked about this off air. You've been trying to get Brian Pillman Jr. there ever since you caught him spiking Kevin Sullivan in the head on another show. <laughs> Brian Brian Pillman Jr. is an interesting cat, man. He is an interesting cat, and and you know, but uh, that's going to be really interesting because Shaft just proved himself on that last show um you know he he had nothing no nobody to wrestle um he came out there and just did a hell of a job he threw people into the eighth row i mean he just murdered everybody so douglas you know he's had 12 mma fights trained by eddie bravo i mean douglas is undefeated in mma legit uh brian pillman jr although he's a gimmick he's he's nothing to be messed with he's made it real far in a real short amount of time that's going to be super interesting a lot of things could happen in that match there's also heat between douglas and and uh and brian they wrestled on their last show uh you know those guys are at each other's throats and then who's going to watch chef you know so that's going to be a really interesting match 
Uh, we got Daga against Puma King. Puma yeah. yeah, I mean, you got Lucha Libre right there at its finest. Um, Daga is an extremely underrated wrestler. Yes, extremely underrated. He's He could possibly be the next Eddie Guerrero. Um, the guy is phenomenal. He just hasn't had the chance to rev the throttle somewhere where everybody's watching and he hasn't had the matches and the, the, the longevity somewhere where he can just rev that throttle. The guy has, he's built like a brick shit house. He's got giant, giant cauliflower ears. You know where those come the from angle with low the, key where he popped it. Oh, Dude, the dude is a is a beast. Ugh. And you got Puma King, probably one of the most entertaining luchadors out there. Um, uh, that is just going to be a badass match. Sumi Sakai versus Tessa Blanchard, now, I think, is a match that people are sleeping this on. This is really interesting. And this one caught me by surprise. Um, I, was an, I was a big early Ring of Honor fan. So as soon as she mm-hmm. said the name Sumi Sakai, I was like, oh, shit. I, I was like, I didn't even think that was an option, and now I'm kind of intrigued. So yes, so so you know we we always have very clean matches. We always have very well booked, very clean matchups, and our matchups are usually, I mean, our matchups, any one of them can main event cars all around the country, and this match is a match that has gotten some chatter. But not enough. Like, this match is going to deliver in a big way. I know it's going to deliver in a big way. I'm really excited for it. And then uh, Artemis Spencer, uh, the Defy world champion, is just so impressive. Yes. And and this this guy's a sleeper, too. Like, people are like, they're, they're you know, they're noticing him. And, and you'll get some subtle, you know, guys, you know, people put him over in a subtle way here and there. Uh uh, Matt Seidel, when this match was made, Matt Seidel popped huge. Awesome. He was like, man, I've been wanting to work him, like work with him. And dude, he put it online the other day. Like he is stoked to work with Artemis. Uh, that's going to be a really great match. And Artemis has been like really raising the bar. Like he's been getting better and better and, and better. He's going to be, he just did PWG, absolutely. I believe. Um, yeah. That's why I wanted to yeah. talk about it. It's so insane to think how underrated he is when he was just in super strong style for progress. Yep. Yeah. He's going to be I in mean, the battle of Los Angeles at the end of September. He's the yeah. current defy champion. He went wire to wire at the defy grand prix at the end of July yeah. is still the champion that that almost never happens in tournaments. Like the guy is just yeah. in this amazing role. Yeah, he is doing so well. And the best part about it is he's one of the best guys I've ever met in wrestling. Like he's such a good guy. So I, I really love him. Um, I love watching him work. He's fantastic. And then you got Jake Atlas who Jake right now is another guy that's just white hot holy crap I love uh, that you guy. know yeah he's white hot he's just can't do any wrong uh anything wrong and who are you gonna put him against tj perkins what <laughs> this match is gonna be re goddamn ridiculous so so these guys i'm not even i mean tj perkins against adam brooks was so crazy that was good it was just so good. I mean, what I mean, what a brilliantly built match. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this. Then you got 
battle of the hosses. Come on. Mil Muertes versus Danny oh, Moff. That match is another one that people have been sleeping on. It's like Danny Moff is not well known on the West Coast. This dude's a beast. A beast. Yep. He, friggin' Trapzilla. He has been working. He's kind of had this resurgence in the last 6 to 12 yep. months. I saw him yep. have this absolutely batshit crazy match with Chris Dickinson like two yeah, months ago yeah, sure. where, and this was right after he and you and he were in a tag match and kicked the shit out of each other mm-hmm. and just yeah, were going yeah, spike yeah. for spike for like two straight minutes. He goes and me has, and me and mop. Oh, go ahead. I'm oh sorry. no. I was just saying he follows that up by having this crazy, like a very like dangerous banger with Chris Dickinson. And it was just like, Holy shit. He's Dude. on a roll. Me and Moff were beating ever sh- ever living shit out of each other in 2010 in New Jersey. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, Moff is a badass, and Moff hits hard, dude. Holy moly! You want to get hit by somebody? He's one of the hardest guys I've ever. I, I mean, La Parca is another one, but man, dude. Moff hits hard, bro. So him and, and Muertes, that's going to be insanity. And then to top it off, you got the unsanctioned match between War Beast and, and Outlaw Zinc. Dude, this this card is ridiculous. August sucks for, for California as far as as far as draws because there's so much cool stuff to do. But you people have got to come out to this show, man. They've got it. Our last show was so amazing. I mean, we turned so many people away on that last show which I hate to do. Um, but the main event was us and Lucha brothers and that was gangbuster nuts. Um, so, you know, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this, this card draws well. Uh, certainly if it doesn't draw well, it's not going to be because it's not going to be because of the card and we've done everything. We've, we've done everything we can to promote. We've done everything we can to deliver the best, uh, professional wrestling, uh, that we possibly can. And then to top it off, we got Kelly Kelly, um, right. for, for all the guys that want to come out and take photos with her, all the girls who want to come out and take photos with her. Um, uh, she just won the 24 seven title on, <laughs> on, on raw, you know, she's, she's a WWE, uh, uh, legend, uh, in the, in the women's category. Um, so yeah, man, we got Barbie blank, Kelly, Kelly coming and, uh, who knows, we might have a few surprises up our sleeves as we usually do which means we probably will. There you go. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a banger, and, man. And that's that's a, a kind of a, a nifty postscript to end on is I think that's one of the coolest things you guys do, have done at PCW Ultra is the fact that you've brought these legends out and made them really accessible. Like um, some, yeah. of my, some of my favorite interactions – that I that I've ever had have have been at those. Uh, Stan Hansen immediately jumps to mind. Oh, as does Ricky right? the Dragon Steamboat, who's an absolute gentleman. And then Haku, who caught me wearing a Basawa shirt and like beckoned me over. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, Uncle Tonga's the best. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, you know, if you ever figure, if you ever think of somebody that. You need to see, you know, let us know, man. We want to hear it. And, and you know, we want to have Savio over. We want to have, you know, we want to have all, like, Savio's a huge legend in Japan and Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah, TNT, And man. he, you know, yeah, and he was he was one of the, you know, he was the guy that basically launched Steve Austin. When when Austin was, was getting rocking and rolling, they put him with Savio. Yeah. 
you know, and, and Savio is just a master of the craft, man. So we'd love to have Savio over. Um, and he's also just the best, uh, just such a great guy. Um, I spoke with Muda not too long ago. I'd love to have him back, but yeah, you know, was... he, he's a, he's heavy duty, you know, as far as, you know, getting them all the way over Absolutely. here and everything. And, and I was on, you tour. know, but I would love, I was on tour, unfortunately, when he was here last. So oh, I wasn't there in person. no. Oh yeah. Cause he was so, I mean, he, he was the, the he was the first one we did in ring photos yeah. with. He was so personable. He was, you know, he was, he was the meet and greet with being with Muda, especially at PCW ultra. Cause it's so long and you get to have so much time and, 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 you know, and we were all gimmicked out to the max with him. We had the hero Igawa shirts and the figures and he was signing everything. And I, I still have, all my Muda figures. I think I, I think I had them like sign six figures or something that <laughs> I've full on Japanese figures are badass too. So, yeah, I mean, but, um, yeah, man, it's, it's so great. And, and that's the other thing is seeing all the, uh, and, and seeing the mutual love. That was like when Hanson was there, the fact that you and me and Brody King were all comparing the, uh, the vinyls, the, the records from yeah. all Japan that we yeah, all got yeah, signed yeah. by Stan. And it was great. Oh, you know, I, we, the cool thing about Hanson was, was I, I was like, Hey man, uh, you know, we, we have the deal that day. Um, what would you like to do? Would you like to come in the day before? And he's like, Oh yeah, that'd be great. So I was like, okay, well, if you come in the day before, you know, you know, he's, you know, used to, I mean, he's a massive star in Japan. So, you know, you, you want to treat him right. So, you know, we go out to a sponsor dinner. Hey, we'll take you out to dinner and this and that man going out to dinner. We ended up closing the place nice. down, dude. We were drinking all night, talking Andre stories. Um, you know, so that's the thing for me is like, I love talking to stories with those guys and I, I love hearing everything and hanging out with them and, and just getting, you know, getting ran. And, and, and we, like, I, I had spoken to him multiple times prior and we talked often before he came in, but it really breaks the ice. And then you get to know the guys and, and, you know, and you get to have a nice business relationship and then it becomes personal. And that's just cool, man. Like to, to, you know, with, with your, you know, cause these guys are, a lot of these guys are, are idols of ours or, you know, and, 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 you know, guys that we grew up admiring so much. And then, you know, you, then you start to know them and you realize that they're just regular guys and then you get normal relationships with them. It's a really cool, special thing, man. So steamboat was another one was just super great. He was just such a gentleman. So cool. We did the seminar the next day. and Oh, and then we had the Muda seminar. Who the hell has a Muda seminar? Jesus, that was nobody, incredible. but you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome though that was a really special thing and that thing sold out there was so many people there that was a that was a real great seminar so yeah yeah um <laughs> I'm, I'm just now getting to the point where i get to bring my little brother to some of these events that i've worked and oh cool and yeah um one of the cool things it was it was sometimes just standing back and and seeing how other people treat him and i will tell you that the two guys I've saw treat my brother the like absolute gold from the second he like walked up and said hi, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, um, yeah, both of them, and I was just so blown away by that, and I was just I've I've always I always had love before for Ricky, but it like increased tenfold after that. So yeah, he's he's a good yeah. dude, man, for sure. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. And I mean, hey, you you are a good dude for devoting this kind of time to my show. I appreciate it as always. Um, I, I always a pleasure. I want to keep you all night, so I will probably I will give you this chance to go ahead and put over the plugs. Let's do the one last push for PCW Ultra No Quarter, which is the whole reason why we're here today. Sure, PCW No Quarter. It's going to be August 9th. We got a meet and greet from 5:30 to 7:30 for uh, uh, Platinum or GA Plus. Um, it's going to be at the ILWU Memorial Hall, 231 West C Street at Wilmington, California. You can get your tickets right now at PCWUltra.com. We have a seven-match card, Daga versus Puma King, Shaft versus Brian Pillman Jr. versus Douglas James, Sumi Sakai versus Tessa Blanchard for the PCW Ultra Women Championship, Artemis Spencer versus... Matt Seidel for the Defy Championship, Jake Atlas versus TJ Perkins for the Ultralight Championship, Mil Muertes versus Danny Moth for the PCW Ultra Championship, and a non-sanctioned, all-violence-is-legal fight with War Beast versus Outlaws, Inc. And special guest legend is going to be Barbie Blank, a.k.a. Kelly Kelly, who is your was your former WWE 24 7 champion. <laughs> so funny to say. It's kind of amazing, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you so much, man. It's always great talking to um, you. Likewise, uh, I, I love the the opportunities when when both of us can make the make the moons and the stars align and line up the bones totally the creatures can rise from the sea and we can sit and talk (laughs) for a couple hours um excellent please everybody uh follow joseph samael on twitter and on instagram at joseph samael he posts really fucking cool uh, videos from all these concerts he gets to go to around the country, as well as some really cool cult-style promos, which I love a lot. Um, you can follow me and the show at Jack Heartless on Twitter. Uh, we will be coming back with more G1 coverage of nights 7 through 12 next week, and then finishing out the tournament after that. Holy crap, this summer is packed. I'll, I will be back on the road here very soon. Uh, hopefully sooner than the end of August, but if not, you can all catch me working at StarCast 3 and at AEW's All Out, and I should probably be back all over Southern California again from the time I get back through the end of the year. But until then, for my guest, the incredibly accomplished Joseph Samael, the man of many names, uh, this is Captain Jack Hartless saying thank you very much for joining us, and keep safe. Because I am running